listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear great ideas, insight, and inspiration to level up your leadership ability. Hey, everybody, it is John Barrett. I am so glad that you are listening to another episode to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. I am super excited to have you here. We're going to add value to you. We're going to help level you up so you don't level out in your influence and your impact. So it's so good to have you here. Hey, a few uh, quick kind of thoughts for you, Um, just some things that are going on that I would love for you to check out. One is there is a new podcast that one of my colleagues and I have started called Coffee with Leaders. If you'll go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts, Coffee with Leaders, we are interviewing world-class leaders, um, just a behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, kind of, you know, pull back the curtain, just a conversation around some coffee, interviewing some great leaders. There are some great nuggets you're going to pick up from there. So go check out Coffee with Leaders. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And uh, and we've got a few episodes out, and we got more on the way of some great great leaders and some of my heroes, some of the people that I've looked up to for a long time that are world-class leaders. So go check that out. Also check out johnbarrettleadership.com where you can get some resources. You can go find some free eBooks and things that I've got out there. I would love to get that into your hands to help you level up in what you're doing in your leadership. So let's jump into today's topic, how to have meetings. Wow, what a topic today. Now, when I say the word meetings, what does that do to you? Now, for most people, when they hear the word meetings, I mean, it conjures up all kinds of, you know, butterflies in your stomach, you know, bad news. Oh, no, not another meeting, not meetings. To some people, the word meetings are a bad word. It's like the unspoken word, right? And, and, and I think that we've got to think about this because meetings are something that you, you, you don't just eliminate them. Right. I mean, the, the solution to meetings is not to eliminate them. It's to make them better. It's to figure out how to have better meetings, not just eliminate them. If you were to eliminate your meetings, I'm telling you right now, communication is going to go down and you are going to crash and burn in what you're doing in your organization. Meetings are essential in order to have progress. It's the one place where we come together and we have camaraderie, we have collaboration, we have brainstorming. We're able to communicate and do it right. But listen, if you're not doing meetings right, then yes, it is going to be bad news. You're not going to walk out of those with collaboration and you're not going to walk out of those with camaraderie and, 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 and communication and getting on the same page. So I get it. Meetings are a tough thing. A lot of people have, uh, you know, all kinds of different kind of responses to them. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Some people just don't know why there has to be some meeting. So what I want to challenge us with today is lay out a framework of how to have meetings and not just meetings, but good meetings, how to have good meetings. All right. Because meetings aren't bad or good. They just are. It's what we do with them that makes the difference. A meeting inherently isn't good or it's not even bad. It's what we do with them that makes the difference. And listen, when meetings aren't going well, the first step is not just to eliminate it. It's to figure out why they're not being valuable and fix it to make it right. Now, could you be having too many meetings? Yeah, there's obviously where we just have too many meetings going on. But if you'll figure out a good balance to this and not just eliminate meetings, but figure out how to have good meetings, then it's going to revolutionize what you do. Because if you don't get it right in meetings, you're not going to get it right in the field. You're not going to execute well if your meetings are not going well. 
You've got to have them. In fact, meetings are vital to success. They are the place where so much takes place. And so we've got to understand that we've got to make them good and we've got to put effort in to make them right. Because if you don't get it right in the meeting, you're not going to get it right in the execution. Now, let me kind of prove this to you a little bit. Um, Kevin Dunbar did a phenomenal study years ago. And, and Stephen Johnson wrote about this and talks about it. But listen to this. I just want to read this to you because this is powerful. The boardroom versus the lab in Kevin Dunbar's study. Now, in Dunbar's study of how molecular biologists produced ideas, relatively few actually emerged in the lab. Instead, the most important ideas were generated during the regular lab meetings that brought together a dozen researchers working in different aspects of the field to informally present their latest work. Now, these meetings helped recontextualize problems as questions from colleagues forced researchers to think about their experiments on a different scale or level. The interactions between people working in different specialized fields allowed new combinations of ideas increasing for each researcher in what Jason or what Johnson calls the adjacent possible. They also decreased the chances of useful errors being dismissed out of hand. The perspective of those who didn't know what was supposed to be the correct outcome of a colleague's work allowed the conceptualization of scenarios where those errors might actually be meaningful. Now, I read that to you because I think this is so important, right? I mean, Kevin Dunbar, basically in his research, it took this idea that where did the good ideas and the breakthroughs come from? They didn't actually come from the lab, which you would think in science, where do the breakthrough comes from? Comes from It comes in the lab where you're experimenting and you're executing and you're doing work and you learn from it and all that. But what they found in research was the breakthroughs came in the meetings, in the boardroom, when people would talk and communicate and they would bring different ideas and people would ask questions and kind of there was some, some tension there and conflict and there were questions being asked and different ideas being brought to the table. What it did was is that it opened up this whole realm of breakthrough so that when they went back to the lab, they were that much more effective in what they did. Now, that's fascinating to me because I think it shows the power of when you get meetings right. When you do meetings right and, and, and they're being effective and they're being useful, that's where the breakthroughs happen. Now, you may say, John, this is crazy. What are you talking about? Meetings are not that important. We got work to do. We just got to get in the lab. That's where the breakthroughs happen. Well, if, if you don't like Kevin Dunbar's study, let me give you another thought leader's advice. Patrick Lencioni, right, one of the number one top leadership experts out there, New York Times bestseller and, and you know, one of the forerunners in all of leadership and, and organizational life. Listen to what Patrick Lencioni said. I think this is powerful. He said, meetings are the linchpin of everything. If someone says you have an hour to investigate a company, I wouldn't look at the balance sheet. I'd watch their executive team in a meeting for an hour. If they are clear and focused and have the board on the edge of their seats, I'd say this is a good company worth in investing in. Now, wow, think about that. I mean, Patrick Lencioni, one of the, the, the forerunners out there in organizational development and leadership and all that, he said, if I were to invest in a company, basically, I would watch and see how they do meetings because I can make the decision on if they're going to be successful in the future based on how they do and conduct their meetings. So again, I just, I, I quote all this because I want you to know the power of meetings. 
And I would say, in my experience, most organizations don't get this right. They are not doing meetings well. And so what happens is, because of the inefficiency of good, effective meetings, they add more meetings. And then there are so many meetings, and those aren't going well, that all of a sudden now we get this bad taste of meetings. I get it. I mean, we, we, again, we, we think of meetings as this bad word of like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. No, not another meeting, not another meeting. We're having a meeting about how to have a meeting. This is crazy. But the reason that we have a bad taste and a negative view towards meetings is not because meetings are bad. It's because ineffective meetings have just tainted us and poisoned us. But when you have a great meeting structure and you know how to make meetings great, then all of a sudden it becomes the catalyst for success. And I want to challenge us today to think about this. I literally want you to take some time. In fact, I want to encourage you to meet with your team about your meetings. Now, this sounds kind of crazy, right? Have a meeting about a meeting. Are you kidding me? This is another layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about have meetings just to have meetings to have meetings and all that. I'm talking about have a very meaningful meeting about if your meetings are working, what the rhythm is, what the structure, the agenda, if it's being effective or not. And I would encourage you, especially if you're over uh, an entire department or maybe the entire organization, to ask everybody in the organization to really look through and comb through how are their meetings going. Because if you don't have that conversation with your team and with your departments and with your organization as a whole, then all of a sudden meetings just kind of go everywhere. Right. I mean, some people are having good meetings, some people are having bad meetings, and it's just kind of it's chaos. But what I want you to do is kind of bring back the compass. What is true north to a great meeting? Now, here's how you can do that. What I would ask for you to do and what I do when I go in the organizations, I literally sit with many teams and we work on how they do meetings. And we actually begin to come up with frameworks that are customized based on their industry and who they are and the DNA of the organization. Because just because you look at an agenda online or you adopt some program out there and say, this is how we're going to do meetings, doesn't always necessarily mean that it's going to be a good fit for you. So you have to be very customized because every team is different. Every organization is different. And the DNA and what makes you strong and and, and, and some of your weak areas are very different. So you've got to customize your, your practices, your meetings in order to make it fit. So here's how I would do it if we were going to sit down. First, I would pull the team together, and I would say, okay, let's talk about meetings. Now, what makes a bad meeting? And I would get input from everybody because that's going to show you what some of the pain points are. That's going to show you what people really care about, what they're passionate about. It's going to help you extract what actually makes a meeting good, right? But you're going to ask the question first, what makes a bad meeting? And you're going to hear from everybody and say, okay, let's talk about that. Let's put that on a board. Let's put that on a you know, whiteboard or let's put it on a document. Let's, let's really open up about what makes a meeting bad. And you're going to find out real quickly, whoa, no wonder many of our meetings are bad because we're violating the very thing that, that, that we want. The, the very thing that we think makes a meeting bad is the very thing that we're doing. Now, you're going to lead into the right question then and say, well, what makes a good meeting? Let's, let's paint a vision of that. What does that look like? What is a really, really good meeting in this context for us as a team or for us as a department or for us as an organization? What does that look like? What does a good meeting? And so you're going to have that conversation because it's going to help bring vision to what you're actually trying to do. 
Now, when I would go to most people and say, how are your meetings going? Most organizations say, um, either okay or they're not going well. But the first thing I would ask is, but do you even know what a great meeting looks like? Do you even have a target for what, what it is that makes an awesome meeting? It, do you know where to, the landmines are that make a bad meeting? Have you talked about it? Do you guys have a framework for it? Most of them would say, well, no, we just kind of create an agenda and we just see where it goes. And if it's going well, we assume it's good. And if it's going bad, well, we don't really know why. Well, listen, paint a picture, get communication around this. What makes a bad meeting? What makes a good meeting? Have that conversation. Listen, those questions are going to help people begin to kind of form and formulate what this meeting needs to look like. And I'm telling you, I've lined up lots of different teams that I've worked with over the years. And, and if I've lined them, if I were to line them up, every meeting is going to look a little different because it needs to be customized based on who you are. So don't just adopt some meeting style because it just looks good. No, you've got to make it fit for you. Now, there are some ingredients that I think make a great meeting. In fact, there's three ingredients to a great meeting. Now, these ingredients can kind of, you know, form different ways and, and, and kind of, you know, be customized and that. Again, every team is different, but there are some ingredients that you got to have. And if you don't have the ingredients, you're not going to have a good meeting. I can tell you that right there. If you leave one of these ingredients out, it's not going to work. If you have two of these, but you don't have all three, then it's not going to be a great meeting more than likely, right? Now, I learned this years ago. I can remember growing up, and, and I love homemade cookies. I just, I absolutely love it. I love to eat the cookie dough. It's my favorite. And, you know, it, 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 it's a problem. It is a challenge that I have, okay? But I love homemade cookies so much. And I remember my friend, we, we were like in elementary, maybe junior high school, and, and he came over, and my parents were home. They were kind of at the grocery or something like that, and we were hanging out, and we're like, oh, we should make cookies. He's like, I love cookies too. But we had no idea how to make cookies. And this is pre, like, you know, internet Google days, okay? I'm dating myself here. But, you know, you couldn't just get online and figure out what a recipe was, right? So we, we thought, okay, well, we knew that, you know, there were some ingredients in cookies. We didn't know how to do it. But we knew that there was chocolate chips. And we kind of knew that there probably was flour and, you know, the most important ingredient, sugar. I mean, come on. Got to have lots of that. So we just kind of made it up. We're like, well, we know that we need this, and I think I saw somebody do this once. So we just threw all this stuff together, and, and you know, I, really, I think it was, you know, sugar and brown sugar and chocolate chips and I think a few little scoops of flour, and I think that was about it, and we mixed it up. We thought milk goes good with cookies, so I think we put a little milk in there to kind of wetten it up. And so we're stirring this up, and we think, all right, this sounds pretty good, and we stuck it in the oven. We formed these, I, they were crazy-looking things, and, and we stuck it in the oven, and you can imagine how it turned out. It was crazy, right? I mean, it looked like a spot science experiment gone bad. They did not look like cookies. They didn't look like anything. It was a blob of a mess. And we thought, what's going on? Come on, we got all our ingredients. But as you know, if you don't have all the right ingredients, it's not going to turn out right. So how do you make a great meeting? What are some things that you need? Well, the first one, first ingredient that I think makes a great meeting that I've seen be incredibly effective, in fact, I would say is essential in your meeting, is what I would call inspiration. Inspiration has to be an ingredient in your meeting. Listen, a team that isn't inspired inspires no one. Now, you've got to bring some inspiration to the meeting. This meeting cannot just be you know all about tactical and that, but yet we're never doing anything to kind of stir us and in something that connects us and builds morale, it builds momentum in what we're doing. 
So listen, I want to challenge you to bring an element of inspiration to the meeting. Now, here's some things that I really want to challenge you with. If it is your meeting, if it this is you're the champion of this meeting, whether it's a one-on-one, whether it's a group meeting, or it's just a, a huge team or, or organizational meeting, listen, if it's your meeting, you are responsible to set the atmosphere for that meeting. Now, listen to that. That's challenging. Listen, if you are the champion of the meeting, you called that meeting, it is your responsibility. You are responsible to set the atmosphere for that meeting. That means you got to bring some energy. You got to bring some life to this meeting. Listen, the reading the, the the reason that meetings are so boring is because people are not bringing energy. They're not bringing a full focus, and they're not willing to open up and be vulnerable and, and see the the power of that meeting. So, listen, be a thermostat when you get into a meeting. Right? I mean, set the temperature. Don't be a thermometer in a meeting. Oh, gosh, this meeting is just boring. And then you just kind of act like everybody else. You just kind of, you know, feed off the crowd, and you're, you're just a, a thermometer. You just kind of read the temperature of the room. Well, that was bad. No, be a thermostat. Set the temperature of the room. In fact, here's what I'm going to challenge you, even if it's not your meeting. Here's a thought that I want to give you on this. Even if it's not your meeting and you go into a meeting and you say, boy, that was a bad meeting. First thing I would challenge you with is to say, what did you bring to the meeting to make it good then? Right? Because a meeting is like a bank account. You can only get out of it what you put into it. And if you're not putting your best self into it that's focused, that's energetic, that sees value, that comes prepared and ready to go, then don't expect to get anything great out of that meeting. And I look at a lot of people and they say, yeah, I just these meetings are terrible. First thing I ever do is say, well, how are you approaching it? Because here's what happens is when you start to become part of a meeting that isn't going very well, all you're trying to do is figure out how to get out of it. And when you're there, you're trying to make it move as fast as it can so you can leave. And this is what happens over time. And unfortunately, if everybody starts doing that, then nobody's bringing their best self. You know what? how, how many meetings I observe that are horrible? Not because the agenda is all wrong necessarily. Not because the, you know, it, 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 the people are bad. It's because everybody's gotten to this place where they're just kind of a thermometer. They're just kind of influenced by everybody else and everybody's checked out over time. No, no, no. You've got to be responsible to bring the energy to that room. So bring some inspiration, especially if it's your meeting. You're responsible to do it. But if it's not your meeting, I would still say look in the mirror and ask yourself, if the meeting isn't going well, what can you do to change it and bring some life to that meeting? Bring some focus to that meeting. You've got to ask yourself that. Now, what do I mean by inspiration? Here's some thoughts, right? Is this, kick off the meeting with something positive and helpful, not just diving right into it of, hey, we got a problem, we got to fix it. Hey, what are the updates? Where are we at here? No, kick off with something that's going to bring some life, right? I mean, do a, a good news check-in. That, that's a model that many people use, right? If, if you're familiar with EOS and, and that system, good news check-in. Right. Start with something good, positive. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's professional. But my gosh, bring people into the meeting with something good to share or at least a good news check in about the organization. Hey, real quick, before we dive into some of the challenges, before we dive into some of the things we got to walk through and talk through and work through. Let, let's just remember over here some good things that happen. Let's look at where we're winning. Right. I mean, it's so many meetings are about how we're losing, how we need to fix it. We got to do it better. We got to do this. We got to figure this out. This is not going right. So let's have a meeting about it. Listen, so many meetings are negative and, and I get it because we're fixing problems. That's what we do. But we've got to understand there are some wins. W.I.N. Where we're winning 
and the wins that in the organization, we've got to share those. Don't assume that everybody knows those. So have some good news check-in, whether it's personal, professional, whatever it is, right? What's working? Talk about that. Maybe kick off with a tip or a, a, a nugget, an idea of, hey, here's something kind of inspiring. I, I watched this TED Talk. I think this is really good for us. I think this will help us as we move into the next season or the next project. So maybe here's just a little inspiration nugget or something like that. Listen, I've seen a lot of great meetings kick off with the leader or somebody in the meeting comes and brings a thought and idea that's really helpful for everybody. Maybe it's something about productivity or just something that, that could be a little tip to help people. So listen, bring some level of inspiration, something to that meeting. Okay, that's the first ingredient. And un- crazy enough, guess what, the, guess what ingredient goes first, by the way? that gets dropped off, especially when things get crazy and out of control, when you're going through a lot of fires and a lot of challenge in the organization, guess what's the first thing that goes away? Inspiration. All of a sudden now we're just putting out fires. We're just running like crazy. And the first thing that goes is good news check-ins. It's all this positive stuff. We think, hey, we got a job to do. We got to get going. Well, can I tell you, it's a matter of time before everybody just checks out because what's going to happen is morale, morale is just going to tank People are just going to go, you know what, it just feels like we're just losing and all we're talking about is problems. If you don't offset that intentionally by bringing some inspiration of what you do, why you do it, how you're winning in some of the areas, I don't care if you're losing 90% of it, you got to talk about that 10% at least where you're winning something good that's going on. And I'm not saying be manipulative or make it up. I'm just saying you got to have it. Second ingredient you got to have is information. Right, so we have inspiration, but we also got to have information, obviously. Right, this isn't just a you know a feel good meeting and all that kind of stuff. Right, there's information, but here's where we get challenged. You've got to figure out what is necessary to discuss. What is most important? Listen, what data do we need to be looking at in order to make decisions and 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 where are we at? Here's where I see it go wrong: is this is that there's too much information, and all of a sudden we have what Patrick Lencioni, I love how he calls it, meeting stew where we just try to cover everything. We put it all into one meeting. So we're going to we're going to update the budget, we're going to talk about the new project, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that, and we're just trying to do everything in one meeting because God forbid we have more meetings. So what do we do? We have meetings too, where we're just trying to cover everything in the world under this one meeting. It doesn't go well. No, in fact, you need to strip it down to what is the most vital information that we need to talk about. What is prioritized here that's the most important? Listen, get to that, right? If you'll get specific about what needs to be addressed, then you're going to make more progress and get more traction, right? So I would encourage you. In fact, here's what I would encourage you to do is have more meetings, but they need to be shorter. So don't try to do meetings too where you throw it all together and it's all in there. No, no, no. I'd rather you tackle one thing and be done in 10, 15, 20 minutes maybe, and then move on and go, and then come back later at some point to talk about the next thing and move than to try to cram it all into two, three hours plus where you're trying to cover everything in the world. So figure out what the most important thing is that you need to do. What is the information that needs to come into this meeting And what is the information that we need to discuss? I'm telling you, it's a huge problem because if this were like a cake that we're baking and when it comes to information, you know, I, I, you know, I told you when I made those cookies, we, we put in a lot of sugar, we put in a lot of chocolate chips because that's good, but we just put a little bit of flour in just enough to kind of make it look like it should have been dough or something, 
right? No, no, no. If, if you have too little or you have too much, imagine if you just, you know, put cups upon cups upon cups of flour. I mean, you're going to have too much. So you don't want too little. You've got to get to what's necessary, but you don't want to have too much information. So get specific about what the meeting is all about. Do not try to cover everything, all right? That is so vital for you to figure out what is the most important thing that we need to talk about and get there quickly. Don't get caught in bunny trails and all of that. Listen, you've got to be able in a meeting, everyone has to be empowered to say, hey, let's get back to what it is that we need to really discuss, all right? And I'm not saying be overly rigid where, you know, every moment somebody kind of deviates that we just cut it off real quick, right? We got to give some room for that meeting to breathe, but at the same time, we got to be really careful that we don't bunny trail and we get caught up in all these things. And all of a sudden now, this one item on the agenda we spent, you know, 55 minutes on for this 60-minute meeting. And, and we had two or three other things to cover. Now, you've got to make sure that, that you are, are, are always looking at, and as a team, that you're trying to figure out, is this something, are we tracking down the right thing? In fact, what I hear great leaders do and what I do a lot of times in a meeting is as we're going down the meeting, if it's catching some momentum, I just take a quick pulse in the moment. Hey, is this trending towards solution? Is this getting to where we want to go, or do we need to get back to where the, the, the original conversation was? And I'll just take a pulse, and it gives people an opportunity to say, yeah, I think we are getting off. Let's go back here. Or if it truly is a good thought of where we're going, it gives people opportunity to say, no, 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 I think this is good. I think we need to solve this so we can get to where it is. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. So very quickly, especially if this is your meeting, maybe just jump in every now and then and say, hey, real quick, time out. Is this getting us to where we need to go? Is this the right conversation? Are we getting towards solution or do we need to get back? That simple consensus right there can really help in a meeting. All right. So make sure that you get to the right information. The third thing, the third ingredient of this, right? We've got one inspiration, two information. The third is initiation, right? There's got to be some action steps coming out of the meeting. If you don't have that, and we, this is where we go crazy in meetings because we talk about so much, but we say, but what are we doing? Where are we going? What's the solution? Where do we go from here? Listen, a meeting that doesn't have initiation, especially at the end of it, where you know where we're going, what we need to be doing, and all the things that we need to answer, then you're not doing it right. And I see a lot of meetings where, you know, it's a 60-minute meeting, 55 minutes was talked about information, and there maybe was five minutes left for initiation, but nobody even really knows where to go with it. And it's not clear. And then we run out of time. We go, oh, my, we got to go. I got to get to another meeting. Yeah, we're already over by five minutes now. Um, where do we go? Well, let's just follow up from here and, and, and just check back in. And all of a sudden, we're just going around and around in the hamster wheel. So you've got to leave time for initiation at the end of your meeting. Now, I'm going to give you something that will revolutionize the endings of your meetings. I'm going to give you a framework, the three W's, that will literally revolutionize the way that you move forward out of your meetings. All right, and here's what you do. It's literally an agenda item at the very end of your meeting, and here's what it is. Here's what you answer, and everybody has to give an answer. Who does what by when? The three W's. Who does what by when? You ask that question, and you go around and have everybody report on that. So who does what by when? So, Jim, what what are you going to do and by when? Now, Jim may have nothing. That's okay. At least we got that clarity. 
Okay, he's not. Now, we go over here to so-and-so, and they say, okay, well, I am going to do some research about two new softwares that we might be able to use for our reporting uh, um, um, process, and I'm going to research those because I don't really know where to start. So I'm going to research, and when next Monday at our meeting, I'm going to report back to you what I found. Now, that is clear. You can hold somebody accountable to that. But not, hey, everybody, let's just kind of put some thought on this and let's kind of reconvene later on. No, that means nothing. You have to answer who does what by when. If you'll go around and have everybody do that and mark it down, you talk about the accountability going through the roof because now I put myself out there, what I'm going to be doing and by when. And all three of those are vital. Who does what by when. So if you'll do this and you'll begin to bring initiation to your meetings by answering that, then it is going to be powerful. And all three have to be there. Who does what by when? You don't want it to be ambiguous where someone says, well, I thought you were going to do that. Well, I thought you were. No, no, no. Who specifically does what by when? Listen, if you will incorporate these three ingredients, inspiration, information, and initiation, and answer who does what by when, your meetings are going to get more effective. I'm telling you, you're going to move forward. And if you'll get your meetings effective, it's going to help you execute and be more successful. If you don't work on it with your team and have these conversations, you're not going to be effective and successful. I hope this was helpful, guys. How to have great meetings. I want you to really think about this, work on it. There's a great book called Death by Meeting by Patrick Lencioni that I would love for you to get. It's a fantastic book that's going to help you out. All right, guys, keep moving forward and level up so you don't level out in your influence and impact. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit www.johnbarrettleadership.com. Oh, 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 oh